Bowery Capital Startup Sales Podcast. Welcome back to the Bowery Capital Startup Sales Podcast. This week on Buyerside Chat, we've, we've got a good one. We've got Reba Cox. She leads all procurement at MongoDB. She's the director of procurement there. She has an amazing background. She's, she's even built or been part of procurement at some, some very large organizations like Philips Lighting, Philips Health, you know, like $25 billion plus organizations. Uh, before joining MongoDB, where she was employee number 860, she was pretty much the first procurement hire there. Um, now the company is over 4,000 people and the procurement org um, is 13 people globally. So she's obviously seen it grow from kind of that, the no tools, all word of mouth, kind of immature procurement type type organization. And it's helped build it into a very mature process-driven uh, procurement org. So now, you know, any money that, that MongoDB is spending that isn't salary flows through her team. It's a very important role. Uh, we cover quite a few topics, but a couple of highlights for me, like actually understanding what procurement does in their day-to-day and how they work with and interact with other teams to get deals done or not. Um, two, going through negotiating price versus value with the procurement team and trying to make it a win-win for both, what levers are important. Um, and then lastly, hey, why, why procurement is never actually going to be your champion, specifically your business champion, but we talk to strategies to keep them from becoming a blocker, right? Because if you're not empowering your champion to work with procurement, um, you could be creating a blocker that's either going to make you lose the deal completely or, you know, best case scenario, probably miss your timeline, miss your forecast, and it slips in the next quarter. So she goes over some things, you know, some good stories on what not to do as well. So a lot to get into, really excited for it. Let's jump into it. Reba, thanks so much for joining us on the show today. How are you doing? Hey, Eugene, doing good. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm so excited. Um, I just covered your background in procurement, but obviously this is a, a really fun topic for me and anybody on the selling side, as far as getting to speak with someone that has such experience in procurement, because I feel like a lot of people in the sales world, we're a little scared of procurement. So yeah, hopefully we can demystify so we- it. Are we the enemy? I hope not. You know, like really, we're just counterparts <laughs> to each other. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And I, I feel like at some point in the sales process, that has to be brought up. But we're we're definitely going to get there. But if you don't mind, I'd love to start very high level and just get an understanding from you. You know, what is procurement? How does it actually work? What's the purpose? How do you work with other departments? Paint me a picture of what procurement is. Yeah, I, I love this question. I'm super. Like I love procurement, right? I've been in it for quite some time. Um, but procurement actually has a function. The reason why most people don't quite understand it is because it's only been around for maybe two decades, right? It's not one of these things that companies have had for hundreds of years. Um, so it's a relatively new function. In fact, you know, people of my age wouldn't have had a college degree of supply chain or procurement as an option. You know, now many of the people that I hire have actually gone to school for it. So it's relatively new. So, you know, most people wouldn't know specifically what it is. Um, but, you know, procurement teams specifically here at Mongo, you know, we're, we're really here for the company's contracting, spending needs, negotiations. We're sort of the quarterback, right? So security requirements come through us, legal requirements, HR. I mean, a number of the teams across the company use procurement to make sure that companies are spending their money efficiently, wisely, and safely. And I think that that's really the key of procurement is that we're sort of the voice of many teams 
the quarterback to get things across the finish line. And we sort of, um, you know, we, we partner with everyone from around the company. And that's honestly why I love procurement is that we get to figure out how does facilities spend their money? How, how, how does marketing ops or sales ops? Um, and it's really, um, you know, it's fun to be on the procurement team because we just see so many things from all different business units. Um, yeah, you know, we're the quarterback and we try to get things done as efficiently as possible. Yeah, it's so interesting you, you say that because when I think of what being a, a seller is like, especially in enterprise AE, um, your job is really to be coordinating internally different departments, different requests of the customer, different questions. It's not on you to, to know and do everything, but you need to connect the dots between different departments. It sounds like procurement's very similar on the other side. Is that, is that right? Exactly. And, and quite frankly, personalities are also very similar, right? It takes <laughs> similar personalities to do sales as it does um, procurement, which I always think is quite funny because, you know, when in, in a story where we're pitted against each other, we're actually very similar <laughs> people. Um, and our core jobs, right? Neither of us want to spend maximum time to close a deal, right? Like we totally. both want to be closing deals as fast as possible. And that's why I often hate that we're sort of pitted against each other because I think in actuality, if we can work together a lot better, both sides can significantly benefit. Mm, got it. One thing I've always wondered is sometimes it catches me or a seller by surprise of, oh, I need to run this by procurement. Is that very just org dependent on, on how procurement is set up or, you know, yeah. should we assume based on the size of, of an org or a procurement team that things will or will not go? Like, how, how would you recommend we think about that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and I think procurement maturity will help uh, understanding procurement's maturity at a company will really help a sales team be able to close deals faster. Um, so obviously, you know, at MongoDB, we've got quite the team here and we've really built that out. Uh, but four years ago, five years ago, you know, prior to us being here, you would have been able to close a deal relatively quickly. So I think that like one of the key things in working with procurement is understanding the size of the company and working with your stakeholders to understand what does what are the procurement policies like. And that would allow you know you as a salesperson to be able to understand what potential hoops there are in the future. Hmm. So you're saying if we're working with a department head or somebody that's interested in our technology or what, what we're selling, yeah. it's probably good for us to understand earlier rather than later, hey, what's the procurement policy at? MongoDB um, and, and start start to map that out. Yeah, to make exactly. sure okay. And also, you know, the stakeholders you're working with, what if they're new to the company? They might not know that there's a policy, right? And you spend two months with that stakeholder, they're your champion, and then all of a sudden it gets pushed through a, whatever system that company has and procurement's a blocker, right? Like procurement by nature does not want to be a blocker. We often become blockers because, you know, maybe someone's new to the company, they don't understand the policy, or, um, you know, for, for many reasons, right? Like the, maybe the sales rep is really pushing, you know, their champion to close a deal and, and they're saying, don't work with procurement. Um, but I think it's, it's always good to ask what the policy is from the beginning. So that way you as a salesperson can sort of understand, do I need to be looping in procurement from the beginning because they're gonna be a huge blocker to my deal at the end? Or, hey, maybe if there's no policy, there's no procurement team to worry about, right? And I think that, you know, just going back to my original statement, like we don't wanna be blockers. If something is coming to me and it's at the last stage of the sales cycle, it's going to take me longer to close something. And that takes up my valuable resources. And the last thing I want is to have my resources tied up in a quarter end, month end deal 
and us having to work all night long to close something, right? Um, or to yeah. possibly like, like we also have stakeholders, right? We don't want to disappoint those stakeholders for not getting a deal done, but like there is a certain level of due diligence that has to take place depending on, on what you're selling to us. Yeah, and am I right in assuming that there's probably people internally at the companies you've been at that work really well with procurement and some that either um, either skirt around you or they, they're they new and they, they don't know about you. So it's like, you almost have internal teams that work well with procurement or work, work, work well with legal. And, and there's more of a synergy there on actually how to buy something at the company. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. So, you know, some people try to resist and that really just makes their process take a lot longer. And that's why I say, you know, often to sales reps, especially ones that you know, I'm working with, like, hey, loop the procurement person in at the company that you're working with. Because if you, you're looping them in from the beginning, they're getting the information at the same time, the champion or the buyer, whoever's trying to buy the tool or whatnot is getting the information. And the more educated procurement is from the very beginning, the faster we can react to things, right? Like if we're getting uh, little bits of information here and there, like we can't really assess the risk, which means that mm -hmm. if I can't assess the risk, I can't push it forward, right? So like, that's why, you know, I'm a huge believer in, and looping in procurement from the beginning and allowing us to do our job properly from, from step one, right? Because yeah. like I said, the, the worst case scenario is, do you think you've got a deal done at the end of quarter or end of month, right? And then all of a sudden I've got three weeks of procurement work to do, right? Like we wanna do that three weeks of procurement work at the very beginning. So that way we can, our stakeholders can focus on is the tool the right tool rather than is it secure enough, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I want to ask this question because I feel like a lot of times the fear is, oh my gosh, procurement's coming in now. They're just here to beat me up on price. Whereas I know when we work together and I've worked with other procurement individuals, it's, you know, there is an education on the value of, of the product. So it's like, when do you decide or when are you brought in to look at a business case or a demo or actually get involved versus just hopping on to, you know, try, try to cut prices? How do you, how do you balance that both internally and externally? Yeah, it can be difficult. Um, I will say that I've had quite a lot of very difficult conversations with um, sales leaders, you know, throughout my time here, but, um, you know, primarily if I'm deciding on how I want to pull levers, you know, in a conversation with a sales rep, you know, I look at a couple of things. What is my volume? Maybe what's my future growth, right? Or maybe I'm in a renewal cycle or whatnot. I'm fortunate to be at MongoDB where our, you know, we have performed really well in the market and our contracts are, you know, doubling in size, tripling in size sometimes, right? So in instances like that, I know I should be negotiating price with you, right? Uh, but, you know, most companies, I would say, aren't growing as fast as MongoDB. So they may choose, hey, actually, I'm going to focus on the new standard contractual clauses that are in the market because that's more important than pricing to me. Um, you know, there's a number of things that we as procurement sort of like take a look at our size, last year's size or the potential growth and like security risk. And we sort of decide what's the more, most important thing to pull on. Um, I will say, you know, we we do have a bit of, you know, specifically MongoDB, we have a value stack. So depending on like what type of product you have, you know, is it critical? Are you the only vendor in the market that can do it? Right. Um, and that does, you know, help us understand the value of a tool. And, you know, I, I think it is hard for a sales rep to really sell procurement on like all the fancy bells and whistles that you want to put in a presentation and sell to the stakeholders. Um, but, you know, we we as procurement, right, we're, we're not ever going to be the champion, right? So you're never, we're never going to drink the Kool-Aid, 
right? We're going to say, I've seen contracts across the whole company. So why do you think you're worth $500 a user per year, right? And we're going to say, like, this scope isn't that wide. It only affects certain teams. And then that's how we're going to decide how to negotiate um, specifically for software. But, you know, there is a bit of a, a calculation that happens. Um, and, I, and I do think it's, it's tough for a sales team to really sell value to procurement. I think it's really like understanding the positioning of the tool. Who are the users? Is it business critical? You know, are you the only uh, vendor in the market that can provide it? Hmm. I love this topic because it, I feel like it's it's quite controversial. You know, at the sales orgs I've been a part of, or even how I've coached my team, it's like, hey, you got you got to find and build a champion, or you need to build multiple champions. And you mentioned, hey, procurement's never going to be a champion, but it sounds like at MongoDB and other orgs you're always going to have to work with procurement at some point. So how, how should I as a seller think about working with procurement if you're never going to be a champion, but I don't want you to be a blocker? Um, what's, what's in between or how, you know, how do we make each other's lives easier? Yeah, I, great question. I will say that the number one thing that shouldn't be done is trying to turn your champion against procurement. Um, and, I, and I go back to my original comment on you need to understand how developed your procure, the procurement team is at the company that you're trying to sell into, right? And that will tell you how soon do you need to have and be involved in the procurement org, like what kind of hurdles you're going to have to go through. But if you're selling into a mature procurement organization, like we'll never be your champion, but the more that we feel, right? This is a, I like to talk in facts versus feelings, okay? So there are facts of which we'll say this software is not worth X, Y, Z because the touch points and the, the market, et cetera. But, you know, making procurement feel like you're going around our back can probably cause a lot of roadblocks for you in the future, right? So in a mature procurement organization, depending on what the policy thresholds are, um, you know, I'm often having to convince my CFO that a tool and a pricing is the right thing to do, right? So if I as procurement am not convinced, um, and I use this line a lot with, with sales teams, and I think they don't really appreciate it. I have to go sell a deal to my CFO or my boss, you know, the SVP of finance and operations, right? Like the the marketing ops person or the sales ops person or whoever's using the tool isn't in the room with the finance leaders, right? So like perhaps really the trick for a sales rep is helping, you know, the procurement team understand the value position and potential savings or whatnot that are associated with moving to the tool uh, because I have to tell a story. And if I can't tell a story to my CFO, no matter how good you think that deal is or no matter how much the the team wants the tool, it won't get across the finish line. Now, obviously, this is for lar larger dollar tools. Um, you know, smaller dollar tools don't go through, you know, that that level of review, but that's why it's good. Figure out what the procurement team size is. What's the policy? And then you as a sales rep could make more educated decisions on how do I involve the procurement team? You know, who who's the ultimate, you know, threshold here, right? Like, and if, and if I often tell vendors, if I can't tell a story, the deal's not going to get done, right? So, you know, sometimes I put that back on the sales reps, help me tell a story, right? And I, I use that terminology a lot, but like, it really is sometimes just that, a story, like value proposition. This is a tool we're moving from ABC tool to XYZ tool, cost per users, the number of people that are going to use it. Um, but that's very much so, I think, um, you know, one, one of the biggest challenges that procurement has, that if we had a good partner and a sales rep, you know, we can be pretty powerful with our CFO and, and close a deal quickly, right? Like the last thing I want to have to do is have two conversations with my CFO. 
because that means three weeks in between each meeting and possibly like he wants us to look at it like four different other ways, um, you know, which can cause complications for closing a deal on time or quickly. Oh, man. So, yeah, what I'm hearing is you spend probably the most time of other maybe department leaders or people that might be looking at tools actually presenting to a CFO and getting the final approval for things over a certain threshold. So really you're the one that can look at a business case that a vendor has provided their champion and say, Hey, this is relevant. This is not right. So like the worst thing we can do is like, Hey champion, here's this 38 page slide deck. Let's go get this done. And then your champion comes, comes to you. It's like, Hey Reba, go get this done. No, 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 no. Like that'll fall flat on its face. It's Hey Reba, we'd love to sit down and really understand what's important about this product. What's what we need to discount, like what's realistic, what are the savings, what's the cost? So that way you are armed with a narrative versus just, hey, here's this random big slide deck. Is that right? Exactly. Like big slide deck, you're like DOA, like I'm just gonna probably not even gonna read it, right? So like um, you know, and and you have to keep be cognizant too of the company that you're selling into. Like, you know, we're incredibly busy, we're growing at huge multiples, right? So like I can't spend hours on a deal. Right. So I have to be able to come in, look at something. Maybe you've got me for 10 minutes. Right. And if I can't craft that story in my mind or feel like it's a good idea, I may not push it forward. Right. And and not because I want to be a blocker, but because, you know, especially, like I said, if it needs that higher level approval, I only have so many shots. Right. And, you know, I I want to be as educated as possible and have a good feeling when I'm going into that meeting that I'm going to get the approval. Um, and you know, no stakeholder can be in that room with me type of a thing, right? Like we have to land the plane. Um, and I think that, you know, oftentimes that that's when we, you know, without the right information, I'm not going to be able to land that plane. Um, and it's, it's just going to cause delays for everybody involved. Got it. Yeah. So my takeaway is understand the procurement process. If there is one and how developed it is as early as possible. And then with your, your business champion, working with procurement, bring them in and empower them. You're not going to get them to be a champion for you, but they need to understand the narrative and help you craft the narrative and decide if this is the right product and at what price point and what terms, right? And I, and I will say, you know, um, working in the technology space for four years, right? Most of my peers, we all have the same task. We want to grow our companies as fast as possible, as quickly as possible, right? So it's not like my former years when I was working in manufacturing procurement, right? Like we're we would be blockers and we would turn things down. Like we really do. Our businesses are growing so quickly. We want to be with the newest technology. We want to be making sure that our teams have the right tools. Um, but, you know, there, there's only so much we can do if the information's not right. And we only have so much time, but, you know, most of our, most of my peers, right. We're really just trying to grow the, our businesses and we're trying to do it in a safe way. Right. So, um, you know, I think one of the things we haven't touched on is a lot in the security piece, um, and, you know, I would, I would think it would be quite important for companies, especially those who are selling technologies that have a lot of integrations with data or customer information, like, you know, really understanding, all right, let me get this procurement person, the SOC 2 report, the PINs testing, like understanding that. Um, because like, if I have that in an email from the very beginning, I can get security approval pretty lickety split, you know? And so like, you know, pretending like it's a pain to get that or whatnot. Like I would, if I was a sales rep, I would have that the most latest version saved in my email every single time and just send that to my procurement person because that information can turn, you know, two weeks security review into like possibly two hours. Um, And I think that, you know, there's, 
that that outside of financial approvals is probably the biggest hurdle that I see. Um, and so I just want to make sure we touch on that. Like there, there are things that a sales rep can do outside of just understanding the policy to really expedite things. Yeah, it's it's not rocket science, right? Like if if there is a process for security and legal and they know there is a procurement process, if someone waits to the last week or the last couple of days of the quarter, um, they're going to have a bad time and that deal is going to slip. So yeah. it's really just, yeah, you want to build value with the product with the champion, but you need to understand these processes if you want to A, have a partnership and B, do it on a, a timeline that is mutual and expected versus a surprise, oh, we missed and it's, yeah. you know, three months delayed. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, you know, one of the things I'll say, right, is that we as procurement, if it's coming to something that's our quarter end or our month end, right, like we have to fight for resources, right? So coming to us and if you're not agreeing with our legal paperwork on a month end or quarter end, like we're fighting with our legal team who's using their resources to close sales deals, right? So like, you know, I would make sure that you, you know, most company or most sales reps need to understand and appreciate that as well, right? Which is why, you know, we push our paperwork so hard, et cetera, because, you know, if I have security review, I, I understand the financials and legal paperwork is accepted, like I can turn my my cycle into five days, right? But if if all of those are, are issues for the vendor that we're working with, like you just bought yourself a six-week ticket, you know, maybe eight weeks, right? So like, um, you know, we're, we're only as fast as our vendors can be flexible, if that makes sense. Um, and when it comes to quarter end, month ends, like, you know, you're getting put in a queue with possibly the company's own sales deals, et cetera. And so that gets very tricky. Um, and procurement has to pull favors, right? So make sure you're the sales rep that your procurement person wants to pull a favor for, um, you know, professional and, and all of that kind of stuff. Um, and that, cause that really, we only pull so many favors every quarter or month end. Yeah. Yeah. It, it sounds like, you know, if you're the sales rep and you're working with an established procurement arm or a procurement professional, it's, you do not want to be the person that's unprepared or unorganized, or they have to ask you for a bunch of stuff when really like the way you yeah. make their life easier is, Hey, here's, here's what we have. What do you need? I'm here to help. Okay. And, and you know, listen, we're, we're, we're not like international men or women of mystery in procurement, right? Like we need a sock to pins test, like, you know, nowadays, like everyone's signing DPAs and standard contractual clauses. And, you know, so it, it's not crazy information that we're after, right? Like, I think that, it, you know, um, just kind of double clicking into the security piece, like, you know, a sales rep that really understands, you know, what, in, what are my integrations that I'm going to need, right? And like, what data am I going to be collecting? Like someone who can quickly get back to answers, the answers like that are very helpful, right? Because if you have to go then ask your security team, to, to fill out something or to answer questions and like think of all those delays that can happen, you know? So, you know, the, the best sales reps that I work with know the product inside and out. They can help me craft a story. And they also understand that like, Hey, if, you know, Mongo's volume is doubling, then she's probably going to accept some, she's probably going to want some type of uh, savings year over year on that, right. If her volume's doubling. So. Totally. Totally. I, but last question I had, I, I wanted to talk about pricing a little bit. Um, so I feel like it, it, it can feel like you're in a, in a sales negotiation movie sometimes when you're working with the procurement individual. I vividly remember it was I think the last, the last week of December. Um, and I was on the phone with you. We were trying to finalize the MongoDB trip actions agreement. And you were in India in a cab. I think you were negotiating with the cab driver and negotiating with me at the same time on terms. But 
what I actually remember about that exchange, other than it being funny and stressful, was I think we had, we had crossed the point where it was just procurement and sales. And it felt like I was in the boat with you and we were kind of in it together. And you're like, hey, Eugene, this is, this is what I need. And I was like, okay, this is what I need. Let's work together. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm curious from your end, you know, in working with sales professionals and talking about pricing and terms, how do we build that alignment? How do we get to that point where we feel like we're in the boat together? Yeah, yeah, this is a great question. I think for me, uh, the one thing I've learned out of necessity this year is total transparency from the beginning. And you know, that's what we, you know, we try to say. We try to say, all right, you know, this is, you know, based on budgets, you know, increases of headcounts or, or whatnot. Like we have sort of like internal calculations where we know where we want to be and what's defined as our success. You know, um, I think you know what. And I recall that negotiation. I said, you know, Eugene, it needs to be X, Y, Z. You come back. I said, no, Eugene, it needs to be X, Y, Z, right? So like, I think having a really good relationship with whoever the procurement person is or, or financial approver or whoever you're working with, right? They're not trying to pull my leg. This is not a seriously long back and forth where like I say five, but I'll accept three. Like we've sort of, you know, just started saying, hey, we want three and nothing else will work. And we have to have that, right? So like, that's sort of the strategy we've taken um, just to close deals quicker. Like we can't, I, I don't have enough, you know, capacity to have deals go on for forever, right? Um, and hopefully it's the same thing for the sales team. So I think, you know, having a good relationship, understanding, you know, what it, when is that person really serious about a number, right? Um, and, you know, I, I will say that um, that's a strategy we've started taking, I think over the last two or so years, where it's like, no, this is a number that needs to be and like actually nothing else will do. Um, and, uh, you know, we've tried to be realistic, um, but, it, but it's tough. And, and sometimes ourselves, you know, reps don't want to hear it. Uh, but, you know, um, especially if we're working with a procurement person that's been in the company for a while, like I've been here four years, I know what it'll take to close a deal. You know, and like, trust me, I'm not trying to draw it out. Like drawing a deal out is literally, it's hurtful to me and my own sanity and my team, right? So like when I give numbers, they are realistic numbers and most likely they they need to be met. Uh, but, you know, you really have to know somebody and understand how long they've been there, et cetera, to, to know what that relationship and what, what that feeling will be like. Yeah, and that goes back to how, almost how we started the conversation as a sales professional, I can't be like, oh, I'll just go back to my champion and we'll figure this out. It's you got to work with procurement because if it's not going to work, that that is a real situation in, in, yeah. in the business world. That's okay, but you'd rather figure that out earlier rather than you know at the finish line, right? Yeah, exactly. And I think that you know one of the things that um, sometimes stakeholders don't know the budget, right? Or a champion, they don't know the budget, right? They may be too far down the line and they think something's okay, and then by the time it gets to me and I check the budget. I say, whoa, this is way far off, right? So like, I think that that's another thing that I would add in is, you know, just like really trying to get a clear picture of the budget, but understanding whether your champion or stakeholder really knows what the budget should be. Um, and all of these things, you know, um, I really think one of the keys to, to salespeople being successful is understanding, you know, the size of the company, how mature they are, even outside of the procurement policy, right? Like, is the finance org mature enough to have budgets for things? At what level does budget ownership get pushed down to? And you know, and then you can know, is your champion slash stakeholder, do they really have the money to spend? Do they know how much they can spend? And are they, you know, aligned internally, right? Um, you know, I'll give you one one key parting example here. Uh, we had, you know, stakeholder, you know, at the company 
um, pretty much take a, a very large deal, I'd say, you know, top 10, top five deal down to the finish line. And it came to us and we had to start all over again. Okay. And we're talking, you know, pretty senior person at the company, um, big deal. Um, we had to start all over again. And we ultimately ended up with, uh, you know, something that, that I could get across the finish line, but like, you know, you really have to check is the person regardless of title and ownership of a tool, like you've got to check, do they actually have the budget approved, right? Because maybe it's like, maybe you're two months before budget for next year is closed. Well, that probably hasn't been validated. So if you're asking someone to spend, you know, two X, three X, what they spent last year, there's a good chance that that wasn't budgeted for, right? Um, and so asking for landmark deals like that, no matter what level the stakeholder or champion you're working with, like if you're not looping in procurement, who's the quarterback, right? Who then takes that deal, goes to FP&A, goes to you know the CFO and says, hey, whoa, this deal is 4X what it was last year. Have we thought about this? You know, we're adding new features, et cetera. And, and I will tell you, we did get that deal across the finish line, um, but it was, you know, it didn't happen at year end, which the salesperson really wanted it to happen. And I could have gotten that deal done at year end for them, which would have benefited me and the sales rep if they'd have just involved us from the beginning. Wow. Wow, that's a powerful story. And I'm, I'm sure a lot of salespeople listening that resonates of something you really want it for year end and it's slipping because it's something you either in, didn't anticipate or something you should have asked about, but you didn't yeah. and it came back to, to bite you. Yeah. I, I always say trust, but verify, right? So lots, yeah. lots of times people can say, oh, I'm the decision maker on this. You know, ask some probing questions to make sure that they are the decision maker. Um, you know, I think budget is a good leading indicator you know, when year end is, if you're coming up towards year end, just know that probably next year's budget hasn't been finalized. So if the deal you're trying to close is significantly higher than the previous year, you better be trying to get some clarity from finance or procurement because it may not be possible to do what the stakeholder thinks is possible. You know, we, listen, that. we all have checks and balances. There's only so much money in the piggy bank. Um, and, you know, it, it's not an unlimited check that gets written every year. So... We all have to play by some sort of rules. Got it. Got it. Reba, before we wrap, um, you've had an amazing career at MongoDB so far. You built up this procurement team. What's got you so excited about being at MongoDB? What should people know about it? Yeah, I just love working here. It's been my favorite job I've ever had. You know, I personally learned more lessons in my four years here than the rest of my whole career. Um, you know, it's, it's powerful to look around you and see people growing their lives and their careers, you know, moving within teams just learning so much. I feel like we're just learning together. Um, and I think that you can't put a price tag on just experience with good people. Um, so if you're looking for a job, this is my little plug, you know, head on over to the MongoDB career page. We have, we're hiring all across the board, all over the world. And yeah, this is just an incredibly exciting place to be working. Very cool. Very cool. Reba, thanks so much. We'll catch you next time. Yeah, thanks. Bye.